Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It is a great day for talk radio. You know, it's one of those days where I'm clicking my heels because I can use my master bathroom again. It's been two months without because I've had a reno going on in the house as a, a matter of course is the master bathroom and an adjacent walk-in closet. And so uh, I called the guys at 310 reno and uh, we hopped on the job in July and it's been a massive undertaking. I've got to be honest with you because they're really, really very much uh, paying attention to detail. You know, they called in the engineer, make sure, you know, we weren't just taking out struts in the ceiling uh, when they're load-bearing walls and reinforcing that, leveling off the floor, even to the minutest detail, and the tile work was just amazing. i got to say, I, it exceeded my expectations. Now, I know I've been testifying on these guys and uh so i hold them to account and i make sure that you know everything is done tickety-boo but uh this is above and beyond i just i'm really really impressed by their work and so again uh i'll qualify that by saying you want anything done and done to perfection charles or mike the guys at 310 reno who you want to call that's 310-7366 no area code required now when it comes to workers of a different stripe there's a a crew out there in Newfoundland working at an aerospace company based in the States called DJ Composites, and they've been locked out for 21 months. Well, now their union, Unifor, I guess playing hardball because they've come out with online videos on social media that they've dubbed Meet the Scabs, and they named and shamed them. And some people are wincing at that. Others are saying it's uh, about time and it's the right initiative to take. Amongst other things, let's find out how the head of Unifor, their national president, Jerry Diaz, feels about this and the NAFTA talks that have gotten underway again in Washington. Jerry, how you doing? Always a pleasure to have you here on the Oakley Show. Pleasure's always mine, John. How are you today? Very good. So, Jerry, let's start with this one first out there in Newfoundland. This has been uh, going on for a while, festering for 21 months. Your workers are locked out. Uh, this online campaign, uh, you support the idea? Well, of course I support the idea. What do you do after 631 days? After the company has been found twice guilty of uh, bargaining in bad faith. The company isn't coming to the bargaining table, and frankly, the scabs are undermining the strike. So when is it okay? When is it okay that you have scabs taking food off the table of striking workers? You know, when is it okay that the company can be convicted twice of bargaining in bad faith and just thumbing their nose at the government and our legislation? And so this has gone on way, way too long. The scabs are undermining the ability for people to get back to work. Uh, so if they want to be a scab, there's absolutely nothing wrong with people knowing that exactly what it is that they are doing. All right, so you're saying it's okay to go after these workers or scabs rather than the employer, uh, or are you going after both? We're going after both. We have done everything. We've tried everything legally, like I said. We've been to the courts. We've done everything. Uh, we have our people that are marching a bit on the picket line. 92 weeks. Think about this. 92 weeks. And here's the background on this, John. Uh, this is a, a company that took over in about 2012, the first set of negotiations, the workers took pay cuts because they wanted to stabilize the company. And here they are four years later, 2016, the employer comes into bargaining, says they want to slash the wages, like I said, 16 bucks an hour 
for a third of the workplace, and then they want to put in language that says they're going to have a matrix which they control, which will determine the wages, which means the other two-thirds may also take a pay cut. And then they turn around and lock everybody out just days before Christmas, and it's been going on for 631 days, and they hired scabs of which to take the jobs. So I'm fascinated that there's an argument about, geez, uh, you know, the scabs' rights are being violated. What about the 32 families that have been decimated economically for 631 days? So if they don't, listen, there's jobs in Gander that they can have. I spent one minute on the uh, on uh, Google today. There's all kinds of jobs. So these are conscious decisions made by people to cross the picket line. And so we're dealing with it. Right. Because the argument has gone that uh, the unemployment rate is the highest in the land in Newfoundland. There's desperation there. So uh, perhaps we should not be so judgmental of these people. But you're saying they could find employment further up the uh, province in Gander. Look, I spent one minute on Google, Googling jobs in Gander, and there are jobs everywhere. So this argument that, look, some of the scabs left full-time jobs to cross the picket line. So it's not as if these weren't conscious decisions made. They must have known that when they crossed the picket line that it wasn't going to be, you know, a, 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 you know, it wasn't going to be, you know, a wonderful day for them every single day. I mean, they've made conscious decisions, and it's about time that we, they were exposed, and that's exactly what we're doing. So we're hoping that they'll take a look at it and feel a little uncomfortable and feel some personal shame. But it's hard for people to feel shame when they have no moral compass. And that's exactly what we're dealing with, John. Where uh, does the province play a role in this? I mean, is there not a labor board that might have uh, settled this, sent it to arbitration or something like that? No, but we've tried. We've requested meetings to, uh, with the premier four times. Actually, today he went to the picket line, finally, uh, to meet the workers that have been locked out for so long. But the labor board ruled that this company is guilty of bargaining in bad faith, but did nothing, absolutely nothing. So you've got a company that's thumbing the nose at the laws, and you've got a company that is hiring scabs to do the work for the people on the picket line. So, look, this is a complete mess, no question about it. It's an unfortunate situation, but we're at where we're at, and we need to find a settlement. And if that need, means that we're going to put pressure on the company, which we are, and if that means we're going to put some pressure on the scabs so that they see exactly what they're doing to the community, well, then that's what we're going to do. Again, with Jerry Diaz, National President of Unifor. Speaking of bringing pressure, uh, now we've got a deadline of September 30th imposed on the NAFTA talks. The renegotiation started again today. Christian Freeland's down there. What's the latest on this? I know you've been following it closely. I mean, is the September 30th deadline any different than the one August 31st that we blew past? Well, I think if there's more of a deadline only because of the amount of time that we have to put into place the final text. But Canada's not going to rush to a bad deal, and I think that's crystal clear in everybody's mind, and I completely applaud what they're doing. So the Canadian team just flew in today, and they're flew it flying out today, so it's more of a kick to tires and, and keep the dialogue going. But I think the deadline is, uh, is, a, is a more realistic deadline than we've been facing over the last year. So we'll see how this un, uh, unfolds. But ultimately... Canada ought not to give up the farm in order to uh, in order to get a deal because I will always argue that the original NAFTA was a colossal disaster. Pre NAFTA, we had a trade surplus in manufacturing. Today, we have a hundred and twenty billion dollar deficit. We surrendered a fair bit during the first deal. We gave the U.S. full access to our water, our oil, our energy. So, for us to somehow have to sacrifice our culture. Uh, this time around in order to get a deal doesn't make any sense to me. Well, the Prime Minister said culture's non-negotiable, although he did cede or at least signal that he might uh, back down on supply management. How do you feel about that? 
Well, I think there's a deal to be had. If you listen to Trump's terminology, he really spends a lot of time talking about more access to the Canadian market. He really isn't concentrating on the whole concept of supply management. So there may very well be a deal. But, you know, on the whole cultural thing, I, I just shake my head. I think about Think of the possibility of Fox TV buying the CBC. Mm. <laughs> you know, so that's, I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It's pretty scary, isn't it? So, you know, that really is a, a part of the no-fly zone. Mm. So, you know, so those are the issues that we're dealing with. And, you know, the whole issue, can you imagine signing an agreement with the Trump administration that doesn't have an impartial dispute mechanism where somehow the disputes are going to be handled in U.S. courts? And then we, if that doesn't work out well, then we'll end up before the WTO, which can take years. So, look, rushing into a bad deal makes no sense. There's a lot of people saying, look, hurry up and sign it, hurry up and sign it, hurry up and sign it. But you know what? Anybody can surrender peacefully. But that's not going to do Canadians well for future generations. And you don't think the uh, 25% tariffs on our autos is uh, actually a, a, something that will come to pass? You think it's just bluster on Trump's part? Well, I'm hoping so, because, look, it would cause economic carnage for the auto industry in Canada. But it would also cause carnage in the United States. Sixty percent of all parts that go into Canadian assembled vehicles come from the United States. The United States' number one export industry to cars, what nation? Canada. So why they would shoot themselves in the foot makes no sense. So you've got the, you know, most politicians in the United States saying don't do it. You've got the workers in the United States in the auto industry, the unions are saying don't do it. So I'm not completely convinced that Trump actually listens to anybody. So I have no idea how this is going to unfold. But would it be a problem? The answer is clearly yes. All right, Jerry, uh, I appreciate your time as always. And we'll keep a, a watchful eye on what's happening in Newfoundland and see if this thing is settled sooner rather than later. Thanks. Uh, all right, John. Have a great day. You go. Uh, Jerry Diaz, National President of Unifor. Sue Ann Levy next. She's going to weigh in on some of those matters that are roiling municipal council and uh, the mayor and so on and so forth. That's up next here on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.